0: It is episode 131 of Viking 360, Mike Rubin, along with Brian Johnson. Brian, good to be back another week. Rube, good to see you once again. Let's uh, start off by talking a little Viking baseball. Let's go back in time. The year was 1997, and uh, the Viking baseball team uh, that year was a team of destiny, I think, because uh, to win the sectional tournament, they beat Parkersburg, by a score of uh, 6 to 5 and that big red baseball team had three uh, future professional baseball players including Nick Swisher who had an extended uh, major league career so they beat Parkersburg 6 to 5 to win the section they beat Capital 3 to 2 to win the region and then they went on and beat Jefferson 2 to 1 in 8 innings uh, to win the state championship and that Jefferson team they were ranked number 1 in West Virginia and USA Today had them ranked number three uh, on the East Coast. You you look at that, Rube, and if you know
1: anything about baseball in West Virginia, you know what a rough road that was for them uh, to make it there, let alone to win a championship. And you talk about the pros on that Parkersburg High team. Uh, I mean, just a phenomenal run, a fantastic team, and a, a team Rube full of guys that just would not quit. I mean, a team that absolutely kept coming at you from the first pitch uh, until the uh, final out was uh, recorded. Uh, and obviously that's why they were able to go on and win a
0: state championship. I had a great conversation, uh, Brian, talking with Joe Thacker, and he's the man who scored the, that winning run uh, that uh, sent Ripley into a frenzy uh, down at Watt Powell Park in Charleston. And, Rube, I think
1: you said it, Joe might be one of those guys that uh, – is a little understated. I mean, what a fantastic athlete, what a fantastic player he was, and uh, maybe uh, didn't get the credit that he deserved, but what a, what a great interview and a good chance for you to sit down with him.
0: Moving on to track, you had a, a conversation with Connor Casto, and what a stellar season that he had, finishing second in Class AAA in the high jump.
1: Yeah, Rube, I'm, I mean, uh, he he uh, seemed a, maybe a tad bit disappointed when I talked to him about it finishing second. But as a sophomore, what an awesome accomplishment for him. He came really close to a school record. I know that he's set his sights on for next year. And uh, he's only going to get better, Rube, I think, as he uh, gets more experience, gets older, gets a little bit stronger. Uh, I think big things are in his future.
0: And uh, it's not basketball season, but basketball really never goes out of season. I know uh, you had a conversation with the two Viking uh, head coaches. Yeah, they get
1: tired of seeing me come around. I come around during the season all the time. Uh, But they did uh, sit down and chat with me and talk a little bit about you know, reflect a little bit on great seasons that both of them had, falling short uh, of what their goals were. But uh, that's only fueled them uh, into the off season and into summertime now as they set their sights on camps and, and preparing for the 2022-2023 season.
0: And moving on to football, it's not that far away. The first uh, game will be at home on uh, Friday, August 26th, as the Vikings take on the Brook Bruins. And uh, you had a chance to talk with uh, Steve Sayre. And I know things did not work out the way people had hoped uh, during last uh, football season. But looking at the total picture of things, uh, the Vikings uh, made the Class AAA playoffs in two of the out of the last four seasons. In uh, 2021, they did not get a play in the postseason due to uh, COVID restrictions. In 2019, they beat Green Bay East in the playoffs and then lost to a very good team uh, from Musselman.
1: I think they're just looking to hit the reset button, Rube. Uh, Honestly, uh, from last year, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, from injuries to uh, the ball bouncing a ways uh, into the hands of our opponents. and It's just a tough year, and I think they learned a lot from it, Uh, and and I think things are going to look a little bit different this year uh, from an offensive standpoint, uh, from scheme to personnel to a lot of different aspects, but uh, I think they're excited to get back out there and They're obviously all very competitive guys and coaches, and they want to win, and everyone wants to atone for what
0: happened last year. All right, it is episode 131. Here we go. This sophomore turned some heads this track season as a high jumper for the Vikings. With an impressive second-place finish in the just-completed state meet, Connor Casto has set his sights high on the number one spot in 2023. All right, welcome back
1: to Ripley High School. Joined now by uh, Connor Casto, fresh off the state track meet. Connor, thanks for being with me, bud. Uh, you're welcome. Tell me about last week, man. It had to be a, a fun week for you. You finished second uh, in your, uh, in your uh, track and field event. Tell me a little bit about that. and uh, I know you were kind of really close to a, a school record last week in that meet, but tell me how all that unfolded for you.
2: Uh, I mean, I just wanted to come out there and close out my season hard and good and um, make sure I capitalized on the season. So, And I wanted to do the best of my ability and show out for my team. And uh, I just did the best that I could. And You know, maybe could have done more, but that's just what I have to do next year is just come out and get first. So. I got a little bit of a, a, a glance at your leaping ability
1: in basketball. Uh, there were several times I thought you were going to throw one down in JV games. Uh, has that just kind of happened over the last couple of years where your uh, athleticism and your leaping ability has really improved considerably?
2: I mean, I feel like with basketball, I was just kind of like trying to like um, be up there with some of my friends like Luke and Brady and dunk with them. And I just started like trying to get better and better at jumping. And I, I don't know, I just came started being able to dunk. And I guess I th- I feel like basketball definitely helped me with high jump a lot this season.
1: Tell me about this team, uh, you know, this. Uh, you guys had a pretty good year, solid year, probably not exactly where you wanted to be as a team, I know individually you're, you're going to want to finish first and win a state title and all that stuff individually, uh, but tell me about this team, you guys got better and better as the year went on, both on the girls and the boys side of things.
2: Uh, I feel like at the beginning of the season we had a lot of uh, like stuff going on, but I feel like once we like locked in and started practicing together and we started working on our, like, chemistry we started becoming like better and a lot of people stepped up younger and older stepped up and becoming leaders on the team so
1: you got so close this year man as a sophomore uh what does that do for your off season and your prep in your preparation for your junior year which i know you're going to want to improve
2: upon uh i'm going to just be working out me and my dad we're going to be working out a lot over the summer and uh just a vertamax like a lot of leg workouts and a lot of upper body too and just work on my um, back arch and my yeah, all that. How much of that's
1: timing? Uh, you know, people watch it. Someone like me who doesn't know anything about it, and you look at it and you go, wow, great athleticism. But there's also has to be an element of timing in there and rhythm as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you just got to, like, you got to get your steps down, and right right when you plant your foot, you got to have, like, it's, like, jump, arch, kick, and then excel, like you excel. And um, it's just all about, like, when you arch, how like how long you arch, you got to like split seconds longer. And it's just like all that. You, it's like little things come into a big jump. So, like, oh. how many years have you been interested in high jump? And, and how many years have you been working on? Uh, Well, I came out seventh grade and I wasn't like the best at all, but I just kept improving that whole season. And then, of course, eighth grade season, I didn't really have anything. But I came out my freshman season and I jumped five, eight was my pr last year and i went to states and then uh this year this summer i didn't i hadn't really worked on it at all because i wasn't really like working on it and then i just came out and jumped six to at a uh, marietta indoor meet and then that's when i started taking it a little more seriously and working on it
1: do you have some events and some travel things that you'll be doing over the summer
2: uh yeah my coaches reach out to me a lot whenever there's indoor events or anything and i think i'm going to be uh doing some uh uh, AU, like AU track and stuff. So
1: So you just finished second in the state meet and the high jump. You only have, what, three days of school left? Yeah. Life's good for, Carter, or for Connor Castell right now, right?
2: Yeah, it's feeling pretty good. just got to stay on top of my grades and make sure that I do the best over the summer to work.
1: Thanks for the time, man. Best of luck. And enjoy your summer. Thank you, sir. It's been 25 years since Ripley High's baseball team captured the school's state championship. Joe Thacker was there in the heart of it all in 1997 when the Vikings were the lone team standing in Class AAA.
0: It has been 25 years ago. The evening was June 6, 1997. Ripley had won the sectional. They had won the regional baseball championship and advanced to the state tournament. They were in the state finals playing a pretty amazing team uh, from Jefferson. The game is tied at 1-1. We're in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning, and I'm talking with uh, Joe Thacker. And, Joe, you were standing on second base in that bottom of the eighth, and there was a uh, just a magical uh, moment there that happened. Uh, why don't you just kind of take us back in time and describe what happened next?
1: Well,
3: Drew, as fate would have it, I found myself on second base with a pretty remarkable sophomore, Kevin Thompson, coming up. And felt pretty confident Kevin always made pretty good contact and I had a big lead and two outs, you know, gotta be aggressive and hitting on you know, running on the first contact, so as soon as he made contact I was round and third, it didn't matter what happened because if he's if he's out, you know, then we go to fight another inning. If he's safe then, you know, There's really nothing that's going to change my attitude about it. You know, that's how I was raised to play by my brother Rick and just be aggressive and hustling. And came around the corner of third, and third baseman still hadn't dealt with the ball yet. You know, one of those high choppers. And as soon as I rounded and I took off, and I got close enough to where I felt pretty confident that I could at least make a head first slide and make it look good. But no, I go back and look at the video. I'm like, man, that was stupid. That was too close. That was too close for comfort.
0: Well, actually, it was two bang-bang plays that happened uh, in succession because Kevin Thompson barely uh, beat the throw to first, and he's safe. And then the first baseman wheels around and tries to throw home, but not in time, as you described, Joe, to uh, to tag a sliding uh, Joe Thacker who's uh, at home plate, and then it was just bedlam then as a huge uh, Ripley crowd just erupted down at uh, Watt Powell Park.
3: Yeah, uh, definitely got met at home plate by Mr. J.R. Parsons, who went on to tackle me and take me to the ground like he would just about anyone, and I think the rest of Ripley piled on top, and you know we had a, a pretty good little party there in the, the dust-filled air at home plate.
0: It was a pretty uh, amazing crowd there uh, from Ripley that night uh, to celebrate uh, the state's uh, first state championship uh, in any sport, and that would that made it even more special.
3: It did. It, it meant a lot to to be a part of that, to bring that to Ripley High School. That's had so many great teams, so many great athletes. Um, you know, we had so many teams that, and players that we looked up to growing up, and to be able to. Home for for coach Swisher and, and all the former players and and teams it, it really did mean a lot it's still that same feeling is still there just like it was yesterday
0: and, and Jill, let's talk just a little bit about uh, the celebration it went on uh, well into the night in Charleston but it did not stop there it carried on back home in Ripley I know there were there was a little parade to greet the team back in town and then the, uh, the celebration went on for, it seemed like, uh, for several weeks. Uh, we even had a cereal box. Do you remember yes. that? Oh, yeah. Still have it. Yeah,
3: that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it was a there was a couple weeks long celebration, that's for sure. There was parades and autograph sessions, as funny as that was, and, you know, the whole cereal box thing. It was pretty cool, you know, kind of like being on the cover of the Wheaties box.
0: (laughs) And I think uh, you were even um, one of the uh, Grand Marshals of the Ripley 4th of July parade that year. It was a pretty special evening. So, uh, Joe, get me caught up on you and tell me what you are doing now. So, I'm currently
3: the club manager at Anytime Fitness in Ripley, and I'm lucky enough to get to work with a lot of uh, young Vikings that are coming in and taking advantage of the opportunity to be able to work out, you know. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, and um, you know, really enjoying that, and you know, watching my three boys grow up, and got a couple ball players on my hands, and just trying to help them, you know, with some of my past experiences, some of my bad choices, some of my, you know, better choices, and a lot of that's luck, but you know, with hard work and you know, aggressive and aggressiveness and drive, you know, hopefully um, they'll have some success as well. But just enjoying working in Ripley for the first time as an adult i um, pretty blessed to be able to take that position and, and be home and be able to see my kids every day. Um, me and my fiance Miranda, you know, we have a, um, you know, we built a great family atmosphere. And, you know, we've got a couple of dogs and, you know, just living the American dream. You know, couldn't really
0: ask for more. Pretty blessed. That's great, Joe. And I want to thank you for uh, sharing that, uh, reliving that uh fabulous moment in time in uh, in Ripley baseball history truly one of the most exciting moments in the history of the West Virginia State baseball tournament thank you very much
3: absolutely anytime group
0: with the basketball off season now in full swing the Vikings are preparing for a busy summer as coach John Kennedy and coach Derek Mullins tell Brian Johnson
1: all right welcome back to Ripley High School joined now by uh, Couple of guys I haven't had a chance to sit down with for a couple of months. I've missed you guys, Coach Mullins, Coach Kennedy. Guys, thanks for being with me.
4: Hey, we missed you too.
5: <laughs> thanks for having
1: us. Don't lie. Don't tell <laughs> lies. So uh, off season, let's talk about that first. I'll start with you, Coach Kennedy. Um, how's off season gone? Have you had a chance to work with your team much? Or I know you can't work with them, but have they been in the gym working? And uh, what have you seen from them so far?
4: Uh, there's been a handful of them in there working with Scotty in the weight room. Uh, and then getting shots up afterwards and stuff. I really haven't had much time to get with them. Uh, however, uh, next week we're going to take, I think, three flex days and then four of the following get ready for the three-week period and go get them. Maybe they can FaceTime you while you're out on your boat fishing and you can watch them practice a little bit. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. However, I've got uh, – My hands are always busy, and I try not to pick up that phone when I'm out on the lake. Coach Mullins,
1: uh, I know much like Coach Kennedy, you guys had a great year. I didn't quite finish exactly the way you wanted to, but you had a a lot of positive things happening, and you returned a lot of your roster. Tell me about your – or your – off season so far,
5: uh we had a bunch of guys the day after uh, we lost the night in the sectional game that just got in the gym, and they've continually gotten in the gym ever since up to this day. uh We now get our some of our baseball guys back, and I think they're looking forward to uh, getting back in the gym some' getting some shots up and uh really looking forward to a busy um three week period in the summer and uh, of course into August doing a couple of things for fall practices and fall uh schedule so uh the guys are looking forward to getting in the gym and excited for what could could become this year.
1: Tell me about – I'll start with you, Coach Mons. Tell me about uh, your summer setup. I know you guys like to go and play a lot of uh, tournaments. Uh, I think you play one in Ohio and and surrounding areas. Tell me about what that schedule looks like.
5: Uh, So uh, next week, so right after Memorial Day weekend, uh, Tuesday through Friday we have our RYBL camp. Um, so they'll be helping out with that. Then the fall week we'll do with three flex days, just how Coach Kennedy said, where we're able to be with our kids but not like an actual three-week period, so we can start getting some practices in. And then the fall week after that's when our three-week period actually starts. We'll get some practices in, and we'll get right into a couple of different shootouts. We're going to go to a GW shootout. Um, we're going to go to uh UC shootout we'll go to Eastern Ohio team camp and then every Tuesday and Thursday we're going over to Ravenswood and playing in the summer league. So, just trying to get a lot of games in with these guys. Um got a lot of guys that we can have moving parts so not the guys, same guys will be playing all the time like at Ravenswood. So, uh just got to keep working off of uh this past season, looking forward to this season.
1: Coach Kennedy, I'll pose that question for you. Now the ball's in your court. Uh where are you guys going this off season?
4: Uh the week before the actual 3 week period we're we're going to go down to GW and play uh, Spring Valley, GW, maybe Capital, And then the following week, we go to uh, University of Pikeville. I'm going to head down on that Sunday, uh, spend a little time with uh, Coach Faulkner, and then we play. I told him, I said, you got to give my girls the, the late game. You know, <laughs> don't start at 8 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. So he's going to work with us a little bit on that. And then Tuesday, we go to Nitro. Thursday, we're going to go to Rio Grande, and then then. Following Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to uh, follow Coach Mullins' footsteps and show up there at Eastern Ohio for a team camp. And then uh, that third week, I've been trying to get some teams to come here, and there's not a lot of people wanting to do a lot of things. And you've got Canal Valley, I think, are three-week periods in July this year. Um, and then July, we're going to take it easy. Uh, I'm still going to be in here to open up the gym, let the girls get in here, and then we'll have – uh coach Nichols and coach hall start there in august sometime you know getting in here getting the girls ready for fall league and then here we go again so i know one thing you guys both agree
1: upon is as far as building culture building a program it starts with the youth and you guys have a big event coming up i believe starting next week coach kennedy will
4: start with you on that one tell us a little bit about what's coming well, Coach Mullins is getting the K through 2 group all by himself. I'm, I'm just teasing. <laughs> those youngsters require a lot of energy, and, and we've got some good counselors that uh, those kids look up to and love. Um, but we'll be getting kids in here K through 8. Um, have, of course, our high school kids as as counselors, and Coach Allen will be helping us. Coach Parsons is going to help us. Uh, Coach Hunt's going to help us, um, so it's going to be a, a fun time. And you know, where we've moved it up a little bit earlier, Coach Mullins and I think that uh, we're going to have a little bit higher numbers this year, uh, where it just falls in right after school and people aren't on vacation uh, like they have been in July. Uh, it's always always a fun week, a tiring week, but we've got to get a ball in those young kids' hands if we want our programs to be successful in years to come.
1: Coach Mullins, if people want to sign up, give us the idea. How do they do it? What What's the sign-up fee,
0: all that good stuff?
5: Uh, so sign-ups is going to be that Tuesday prior to camp. Um, we've been sending out different forms uh, to people via email if they want to go ahead and sign up ahead of time. They just need to fill out their names, um, bring that form with them uh, Tuesday prior to camp starts. Um, so camp's going to be 8 to 1130, but we're going to open up the – um, doors probably at 7.30 if not a little bit early. We're usually here at 7 so if they want to bring their kid by to sign them up. Um, it's $75 uh person um, and we're going to have it this year actually at the high school. So we're going to have it in the main gym, uh, the Chansey Walker gym. We're going to have a uh, thing over on the football field and then we're going to have another facility down the cafeteria to where we're going to do ball handling. So instead of being all outside how we've had to do uh, last year, because um, of COVID, we're going to have everything at the high school. So before
1: I let you guys go on your summer break, and I leave you alone for a few months, you got another event coming up. We've got a golf scramble. Give us the the, uh, the uh, input on that, Whoever, whichever one of you is go to coach Mullins. You guys have a, a golf scramble coming up later this summer.
5: That is correct. So it's going to be the second week um, in August, and it's going to be August 13th. Um, we're looking at a shotgun start at 930. Uh, and depending on the amount of teams, it could be an all-day event, but we're they're probably trying to be finished around 2:30. It's going to be $300 a person, of course, four people per team, and we're going to have numerous prizes. We're still trying to figure out um, prizes-wise, trying to give it away some um, some different uh, scrambles, what, different golf courses as well. We've been talking to some different golf courses uh, with that. But that will be another big event, and uh, just be looking out on social media, uh, maybe in the billboards in towns. Um, we'll try to get that out in the next week or so. I
1: encourage everyone to get signed up for that. And, guys, Uh, before fall rolls around, please get my bed back here. I spend so many nights at Ripley High School (laughs) doing games. Get my bed.
4: you got a TV in here already. I just need a place to sleep. You've got to get your A.C. back in here. I mean, this is a sweat box back here in (laughs) in Coach Mullins' office.
1: Guys, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy your summers.
4: Appreciate you, man. Thank you.
0: Now three months away from the kickoff of Viking football, head coach Steve Stair has preparations ready for his third year at the helm,
1: all right, welcome back to Ripley High School, joined now by Ripley Viking head football coach Steve Sayer coach. It's been a minute since I've sat in the, the office with you here, but it's good to catch up with you.
6: yeah, it's been a while it's been no, since November, so thanks still here <laughs> coach uh I know last
1: year was dis- disappointing, difficult on everybody involved coaches, players, you know fans. Radio guys, everybody, nobody likes to lose, and that's obviously uh, the elephant in the room. And I know that's something that has really, uh, you know, kept you guys motivated, kept you guys working hard throughout the winter. And, and now as you approach uh, the summer, as the season gets closer, I know you've got to feel good about,
6: uh, you know, the work that your team's put in. Yes, they sure have. Uh, the kids that have lifted all winter really put in a lot of work and then since wrestling and basketball season ended those guys have put in a tremendous amount of work. We had our helmet fittings last week and shoulder pad fittings so you know we're excited and looking forward to having a good summer of work. Coach uh, in the off season, you put together a leadership uh, group uh,
1: of players that you're going to count on uh, to help turn things back around the way they were in your first year uh, talk a little bit about the, the thought process behind that and, and kind of putting power back into the hands of the players and allowing them to have some decision-making.
6: Well, you know, we just talked about uh, what it takes to be a leader and, and stepping up and doing things the right way in the classroom, in school, and on the football field and putting in the work and the time. And we met one morning a month and uh, I fed them biscuits and, and they seemed to be happy about that. But we had some kids that got considerably stronger this winter and uh... you know when we had a good group of young kids coming over from the middle school and those kids carried that enthusiasm over and the leadership committee voted on what color practice shirts they wanted and practice shorts and and we talked about things we needed in the program and they identified some things that we needed and uh... <coughs> were able to get so you know it's it's been a really good situation coach year three for you here at
1: ripley high school uh... Tell me about uh, what you've learned maybe and what maybe's has changed uh, for you as a head coach. You've been doing this for a long time, but uh, here only your third year at Ripley. Uh, what uh, what what would you identify maybe as the one thing in your coaching style that's maybe changed or or been a little bit different?
6: Oh, well, I, you know, I think that uh, we've thrown the ball a lot more than uh, we used to, uh, a lot more formation, shotgun. Football has – changed a lot in those kind of ways, but uh, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, 50 years ago when I was playing back in the dark ages and today, you still have to block and you still have to tackle, and sooner or later you have to run the football off tackle. And if you can't stop those things or execute those things, you're in a world of hurt. And I think, I I really believe that our young men are going to be uh, mentally tougher and better prepared to handle adversity this year. You know, the thing about last football season, we did not have a bad team. We had a bad record. We did not have anyone step up and make a play when they had to, when the game was on the line. And I hope we're able to do that this year. And we've gotta make some breaks happen. We just did not uh, maintain drives on third down when we had to. And we did not get the opponents off the field on third down when we had to. And, you know, that's going to be a real focus of our summer and and, uh, preseason works, trying to, you know, make plays when we need to make plays. Turnovers, too, were an issue last year, Coach. Uh, Sometimes
1: that's just the bounce of the ball, the luck of the game, uh, as you might say, but sometimes – you can also make those happen. As you said, uh, you can force turnovers. You can do the little things that get you into position to maybe be where the ball's bouncing around on the the field or or make a good break on a pass and intercept one. Uh, So some of that does fall into your hands, but
6: it's also a little bit of luck from time to time as well. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we we had some issues holding on to the football last year, and, uh, you know, we're going to work like crazy to to prevent – turnovers from happening but you do that every year but uh, I really think that you uh, make your own luck and make your own turnovers in particular so we're going to have to get after that. You mentioned it coach Uh,
1: I don't care what level of of football you play it's a line of scrimmage game if you can't win the line of scrimmage on either side it's very difficult to win games how do you
6: feel uh, coming into this year on the line of scrimmage for on both sides? Well we're not going to be very big I don't know what happened to the great big Ripley players that I used to see in the 80s and 90s playing for Coach Marino but they're not here but we've got uh, three guys that have just worked like crazy this whole winter Uh, (coughs) Bradley Anderson is by far our strongest player he's just a sophomore he's going to be a tremendous football player for us the next two years and he, he is strong he's got a great work ethic and he's going to be a heck of a player for us. And Jacob Torres and Carter Hall are both going to be seniors this coming year, and they're going to be great leaders for us, and they have improved their strength a tremendous amount, and we're hoping to see them on both sides of the ball quite a bit. Now, whether we can fill in, uh, Jacob Elliott's coming back. He played a lot last year. The problem is he just can't seem to put any weight on. He, He has gotten a lot stronger and, you know, he's just a sophomore right now. So, you know, those four guys are going to see a tremendous amount of time for us. And uh, if we can find some depth, uh, it's really hard to just have one offensive line or one defensive line. You know, we really don't have enough depth right now at those places. So I'm hoping that uh, some of these young guys like Luke Lowry have been working really hard and Freddie Stevens step up to the plate and are able to give us really good minutes on Friday night. Coach, how important is uh, a voice in that locker
1: room that's not a coach, that's a leader. You talked about leadership, someone that's going to stand up and hold players accountable uh, when coaches aren't in there. Good football teams always
6: have that guy or guys. Yes, I think that's the difference between the 21 team and the 20 team. The 20 team had multiple senior leaders who were excellent football players and excellent Uh, guys in the locker room and in the huddle on the field when things got tough. And last year, I really think that we had guys that tried and gave it their best effort, but for whatever reason, we just did not have that dynamic. I'm hoping we can have it this year because you're exactly right. Good football teams have those and bad football teams don't.
1: Coach, enjoy your summer. I look forward to bugging you every Thursday night prior to Viking football.
6: Uh, Thank you, Brian. I will. You too.
0: Remember, for all
1: the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.